Yo, 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 yo. Hey, y'all. What's poppin'? It's your girl, Casey the Don. And the Busy Bree. And we are Styling a Story. <laughs> y'all, this is the second time we have recorded this. <laughs> we recorded 40 minutes of a podcast, and there was no sound. Like, it did not catch, y'all. <laughs> But yeah. we're here. We're back. And my co-host here has told me that this one is going to be even better. You than know, the first one we sometimes recorded. it'd be a little hiccup where guys like, hey, that's cool. But it's we're gonna run it back. Was talk- <laughs> saying ridiculous stuff. <laughs> we still got some clips. We're absolutely gonna post hey, them. I wasn't but- the only one saying ridiculous stuff, but to be fair, yeah, some ridiculous things did come out of my mouth, and that's probably for the best. That guy was like, mm-mm. Not like this. Mm-mm. But we're back. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, let's get into this fit check. Fit check. The what? The what? It's the fit check. Now right. we got a theme song. Yeah. A little something. Something slight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to kick it off. Uh, today, no hat. All middle part. Sid without a hat. Don't say it like I'm balding in the front of some shit. I said it because you told us that was a part of the casey the don starter kit it is but casey got layers okay please continue your fit check all right so <laughs> today i'm rocking a gray turtleneck i really like this turtleneck actually it's nice it's it's got like the stitching on the outside which mm-hmm. is which is kind of cool you know something a little different um i have these high-waisted denim cargos on bro don't sleep on target ever who sleeps on target don't ever do that if you are sleeping on target wake your ass up just leave you need to leave (laughs) wake the fuck up okay um they are fire they're high-waisted them sisters they're just crazy i really like them so to match with all of that i got my sambas my clark sambas which are really cool i Uh, like those they got a bit of like a chunky sole that's like the clark's material um black white you know gum sole tan on the toe suede you know a little suede leather action they they were real clean just a real clean shoe and then uh to cover it because it's two degrees outside i got me a nice little camel colored mm-hmm. trench coat you know keep it cute it's like giving corporate sid according to to the busy she breed. stole that for me i did but yeah corporate sid whatever Y'all, if y'all are wondering why she grabbed her shoes from the side like that, this is a no shoe zone. So she really wanted to show our shoes off today. Right. I be tired of talking about the shoes, but you don't have a visual. So we give him a few visuals. And I was fine. Baby, you are the visual. That was my Beyonce voice. Okay. Precious. I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited about my outfit tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time that y'all see this on Instagram or you're listening to it, wherever you listen to your podcast, these will have been released. So I am wearing my black in essence crew necks that will mm-hmm. be sold exclusively by the busy. Free. Oh my gosh, I got virtually big deal shit, guys. I'm like really excited about it. So. It has Erica Alexander, it has Issa Rae and Tracy Ellis Ross, phenomenal black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sid actually gave me a great idea in regards to the black in essence theme. So stay tuned for that. But by the time you watch this, this will have been released. They are $45, very limited sale. Um, but I want to see how y'all styling them. I, I need to see y'all put it on. I tucked it under to crop it a little they don't come cropped just so y'all know Mm -hmm. okay and then i paired it with these trousers from hope boutique it's actually um from nutra by hb which is the all neutral line from hope boutique y'all know that's one of my favorite black owned boutiques in raleigh and then i paired it with some bangles my the busy brie earrings and then my ivy park platform sneakers i think they have a name but we still can't figure out what that is but these are the shoes that I paired with the fits, mm-hmm. and I really like it. Oh, and I'm a bust down babe now. It's giving middle part gang. This guy. We love the middle part. So, yeah, because when know. she saw me, she was like, friend, yeah, this one better than the last. So don't do me. 
Yeah, the middle part. The middle part. I just part got hit. my hair done yesterday, y'all. The middle part hit. So. I want to be a hair done. Whole bunch of middle parts. Whole bunch of three stripes. You yeah. Know, real. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Real, real, real matchy, matchy vibes. Not even intentionally though. No. Like that's that was the crazy part. Niggas she want to be dressed like so this. bad. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got from this? Yeah. See, if I say something crazy, we too close in proximity. She might like two-piece me so I'm i just, don't believe in violence yeah all right call it short she might change that tune <laughs> <laughs> don't call her short ever because i'm not so you want to get into these uh hot takes <laughs> yes i would love to all right let's get into it so my question of the day today mm-hmm. i'm ready how do you move differently about space when you are finally in peace and safety? So oh. when you finally are in a space of peace and you feel safe. Do you move differently? Is it about the same? Like what's different about when you finally get to experience those things? Oh, no, nah, I move way different. Okay. Way different. Um, it's funny because the season I'm in in my life right now has really allowed me to like juxtapose just how different I move. Whereas before stuff would be. Hey, Chelsea. (laughs) How's it going? Uh, Stuff would be, you know, a little spaced out where I couldn't really tell. I couldn't gauge it. But right now, mm, when I'm in peace and in safety, I said this earlier before (laughs) cutoff gate happened. Mm -hmm. I said, I told Bree, I said, dog, you could rob me with a spoon. I'm so easy going. Such a wild thing to say. But for real, like I'm so easy going when I'm in a safe space because why not? Like I'm somebody that just my personality in general, I peep and I figure out how much Sydney to give to a mm-hmm. particular situation, right? Um I I don't necessarily match energy because if you on some bullshit, that don't mean I need to be on some Mm-mm. bullshit. But Yeah. If I see that you're at really vibrating low, I I'm gonna reserve a lot of who I am and and be in protect mode more than anything. And so when I'm in peace and when I'm in safety, I find that I'm very open. I'm super receptive. I'm a lot more friendly. I'm a lot more relaxed. I'm a lot less anxious. Um, I'm more of a willing participant. Um, even if I'm tired or I'm I may not want to do it, I'm just so much more easygoing. And um, something we were kind of talking about earlier is being able to be that way and more receptive, even in points of conflict. Because just because you're in mm-hmm. a safe space yes. doesn't mean that there will be no conflict. Yeah, It's not void of conflict, but the way that I respond to conflict, because we were having a conversation earlier, that was a little challenging. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't always, every conversation ain't hunky-dory. We be talking about real shit, and we have disagreements sometimes. But... Because she's my friend and I know her intention behind things and the way that she delivers things. There's so much like diplomacy and safety where I'm like I'm receptive to it. I'm listening, even if even if it's a dissenting argument. I'm like, okay, I get what you mean. I got it. Cool, 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 cool. Instead of being instead of puffing my chest out and getting ready to fight, which in other spaces, that's what I'm used to. And so it's funny because people, everybody will have a different story about you based on your time spent with them. And in some places in my life, I'm super adversarial and super confrontational and super hard to talk to. And then in other spaces in my life, I'm one of the easiest people that you can talk to on the planet. But all of that is based on how safe do I feel with you? How comfortable am I with myself when I'm around you if I if you make me uncomfortable with myself Mm. when I'm around you you're not gonna like the Sydney that you get you're not gonna enjoy me you're gonna feel like I'm I'm gonna be everything but a child of God to you but it's because I'm uncomfortable it's because I'm I feel chaotic on the inside or I feel like I gotta watch my back all the time and if I gotta do all that type of shit yeah I'm gonna be defensive so I think um, I think safety for me is about how safe do you make me feel with me, with you? 
Fern, you feel safe with me? Oh my God, bruh. Yeah. Yes. I feel I, safe with you. I will cry oh, right here. <laughs> you can't share your feelings with your niggas. You can, but careful. I will cry. Okay. Okay, so something um that I noticed about you in regards to like seeing the shift in how safe you felt in, you know, certain situations and seasons that I've been able to see you in. Mm -hmm. Um, when you transitioned to a space that felt that allowed you to be safer with yourself, mm -hmm. you rested more. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember you texting A1 me. A1 sleep dog. I remember you texting me and being like, I just keep napping. Like I, like I keep falling asleep. What's wrong with me? And I was like, um, friend, I think you're experiencing peace and your body is catching up <laughs> to the rest that you lost out on when yeah. you did not feel safe. Yeah. And she was like, Oh, I, I think that's exactly what it is. Um, absolutely. So I think you specifically, but I think a lot of us, we rest better when we feel safe. And you don't even realize that you be wide the fuck awake. Yeah. When you're, not necessarily in danger, but like when there's just when you're in a hostile environment and that's that's true. Like you imagine sleeping and, you know, it's a burglar in the house. You're not sleeping, dog. So that's true. If you that was an extreme example, but, but, but seriously, like you're you're not sleeping. So when people are robbing you of your peace. That's burglary, my nigga. Like, it is. No. Yeah. I mean, when you put it that way. Yeah. When people robbing you of your peace, you're not sleeping. You're not. You can't rest. You can't just relax. You can't just be in space. So I was in a place where I couldn't just be. I couldn't just mm -hmm. exist in space. I was always waiting for somebody to have something to say to me mm -hmm. that conflicted with either how I felt about myself or what I wanted to feel that day or what I even wanted to do with my time that day. Yeah. And when it's like that, nigga, you... You just be awake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you just be on alert. And I think for me, like, when I am finally in a place of peace and safety, I get to just be myself. Mm -hmm. The way that I know I don't feel safe is if I feel like I have to reserve the most natural parts of who I am. Right. Yep. And that does not feel good to me. Like if you've met me, if you've had a chance to experience me both within and outside of social media, honestly, I am that bubbly person. Like I am high energy. I desire to make other people feel safe. I I think I'm pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. Gosh, <laughs> nah, she's funny, y'all. Um, but no, like I want to be that big person that I just naturally am. I want to add light to people's lives. And I know when I'm not feeling safe enough to do so, when like I walk in and like my spirit feels dark. Yeah. Mm. Like, cause I don't have a dark spirit. So like if I walk in and I just feel heavy or I don't feel, I just don't feel like there's space for me. Mm -hmm. I that's not a place that I can stay because I'm not safe enough there um I think also there's something to be said about feeling safe in your own body mm -hmm. um that's a good one like feeling at home in your skin um I think about how like over the last year or so I've lost quite a bit of weight mm -hmm. um and in doing so, I've kind of learned like safety in my body and feeling comfortable in my body has little to do with how much I weigh and has for me has everything to do with like the commitment to taking care of this vessel. Mm -hmm. Because when I was not taking care of my body in the way that I should, yes, I was working out, but I was not nourishing my body in the way that it needed to be nourished and I was not comfortable with that version of my body and the missing element 
was the willingness to fully commit to taking care of this vessel that I get to take up space in while I'm here on earth. So it's the intentionality behind it that makes it different yeah. from just doing it because you think that's what you're yeah. supposed to do versus doing it because you know ex- the purpose. Exactly. Exactly why. Yeah. So now I get to experience I get to experience myself in a more a more comfortable way, a more intentional way. Mm-hmm. And it's all just so beautiful. Like I love it here. Body safety is 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 dope. Because I can definitely relate to that. Like we were talking earlier and I was, I'm a former track athlete and anybody that's ran track and it's been a while, you know, that your body changes how you are at performance, weight and composition. That shit look mad different. Listen, <laughs> you've been out of the game yeah. for a while. And for me, like I got injured in college and it took my body like three or four years to really start changing. You know, I was, I was in my mid twenties. That's really, really crazy to me. Yeah. Nah, like, no, it makes sense, but that's so wild to me. No, I mean, six years is a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. It was a long time before I started noticing any like weight gain mm-hmm. for real. And then even with weight gain loss of like definition, mm-hmm. I, I kept a six pack for like four years after running. I wish girl, I want I that can't right keep now. a six pack for four minutes. the hezzy on my laugh just now that was funny to me like Um, i cannot nah i mean and and i was maybe like 25 when i was like oh shit girl you got hips where those that makes sense though 25 is where that grown yeah grown woman would hit and it hit my pants all right like real bad and i was not happy about that and but this is the thing though that like for most people on the outside looking in they were like oh you look fine people killed how your body body dysmorphia comes in both ways old baby because you got one person over here you know maybe some family members that saw you at track weight and you start gaining weight and they go oh you ain't gonna like being fluffy and you ain't gonna like looking like this and auntie auntie what fluffy you've been you've been gaining weight you're still gaining weight you're still gaining weight and nobody's commenting on that because no. that is your business. Yeah. However. Stop talking about me and mine. Yeah. You real deep in my business right now. And it's like you can't even go through like graceful changes without somebody being like, oh, them pants don't feel like they used to or you need to find something more flattering. You like, bitch, I'm trying. I'm like, trying. Okay. I know I'm not 18 no more, but like, let me adjust because I still looked 18 even at 24 years old. So you got to give me some time yeah. to like figure, figure it out again. And it's also one of them things, too, where they're like, but you're not even big, baby. Going from 125 to 170 is a huge is jump. a big jump, no matter how long it takes you to do that. That's just a different level of carrying shit around. It's like 50 pounds. Like, like so it's not the same And where I may not look crazy to somebody else that feels different everything is so subjective it's very subjective and somebody be like oh so you think 170 is heavy baby for See? me for me on my frame based on how i'm used to feeling and looking it's like that body composition let's let's think contextually here let's think critically here right 170 looks different on a man yes on a tall woman yes on a shorter woman it looks different mm-hmm. so no, I don't think 170 in general with no context is just heavy. But given my frame, my stature, what I'm used to carrying, that was a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to adjust to that. And it made me go up a couple of different sizes. And that that's uncomfortable for any woman. Yes. No matter if you start at one point and you get to another point, two, three, four points, you're going to feel some type of way about mm-hmm. that. If you was a six and you a 10 now, you're going to feel a type of way about that. So... I think that sometimes we're really hard on each other with our own journeys, even if you want to, if you want to gain weight and you want to feel, you know, just more substantial. Mm -hmm. If you're super small, we all have issues ebbing and flowing with how we want to look to ourselves, how we want to feel in our bodies. And that to me furthers that point of like that, that body autonomy and that safety of oh I feel safe because I look how I want to look in my clothes I feel safe because when I look in the mirror 
I feel good and mm-hmm. confident in who I'm presenting into the world. That makes me feel safe. So I've definitely, definitely get that. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So it's about to get slightly ridiculous. Hey, I'm with the I'm with the shit sometimes. Let's get it. So it's time for us to give a bit of a hot take. All right. <sighs> so this morning me and chelsea were on the way back from the gym and we're listening 97.5 and l'oreal talks about nikki haley who's the former governor of south carolina Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how this lady really fixed her mouth to say that america has never been racist and I heard that, and then I was like, mm-mm, I'm, mm-mm. And then I talked to my dad, and he was like, you should talk about this on the podcast, because that's crazy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and do it. So, for context, and I just learned this today when um, I told Sid that I would possibly bring it up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a brown woman. Yes. Saying this. Yes. She and, is of Indian, South Asian And in the same breath that she said America has never been racist, she said that she herself experienced Experienced racism. racism. (laughs) I just don't understand what people's fixation is on wanting to rewrite history. Girl. If you want... To change anything. Change the fact that niggas is still racist. How about we do better by people of color, black people specifically? How about we do better for them instead of trying to act like y'all have always been good to us? You know what? And what is it with folks wanting to be like white adjacent? Okay, so let's get into the white adjacency. So there is the institution of whiteness. So there are white people, and then there's the institution of whiteness that is pervasive in America. And what I mean by that is that because of how America has been built, that's why when people talk about, yes, some people are racist, but it's not racism. Racism is a system. It's an infrastructure. Mm -hmm. People are prejudiced. Systems are, are, are racist. Infrastructures are racist. So when we build this stuff and we're creating laws and we're creating policy and we're, and we're creating all of these different things, it's built in, it's ingrained. They can't level the playing field. They level the playing field, we going to see who mediocre and who not. Ooh, ooh. They level the playing ooh, field, ooh. we going to see who lazy and who not. Ooh, ooh. They, play, they level the playing field, we going to see who excellent and who not. You can't level the playing field. Mm. Because there's it things, does not work in their favor. It doesn't work in their favor. And so to be white adjacent means that you benefit from the facade, from, from the Emerald City that was built on black backs Mm. and you want to be bloodied black backs yeah you want to be as close to you want to have the privileges and the um economic access the access to resources the the opportunity to participate in politics because to be black and in those spaces you cannot exist as your true self and be black in those spaces because those people got assassinated and that's just the fact. You can't be black and forward thinking and politically sound and for your people, for the people, because you're going to dismantle what they created in order to prop up themselves. You start you start leveling the playing field. You're going you're going to take the bricks out the ivory tower and it's going to cease to exist. You just said a mouthful. Yeah. The part like the whole thing was spot on, but saying that if you level the playing field, we're going to see who's really mediocre and who's not, because for some reason. 
the the white folks and the white adjacent folks who are upholding the racist systems Mm -hmm. they really think they're so much better than us yeah that's what is that's the the group think that's the that's the that's the cult that's being snorted in the in that conversation it is it's (laughs) it's the it's the drugs it's the air that's being piped through the vents that in order for this system to work we have to make sure that everybody believes it because that's Mm -hmm. all it's rooted in yeah it's not real yeah but if you get enough people to think that it's real they're gonna think this shit real um side note it's not really a side note if y'all let somebody like nikki haley become the leader of the free world what you doing i have to go <laughs> we don't have to get because the world. like what was that do we need to take a break we might need to take a break on that we're gonna take a break guys one second yo we're back y'all we're back <laughs> We are a two-woman show, and we are doing the best we can with what we got. There was something weird going on, and y'all heard me in the beginning. We lost. We didn't even lose 40 minutes the first time we recorded this. There just wasn't 40 minutes. It just didn't exist. So we just wanted to make sure that we could keep giving y'all a great show. So consider that our break from this episode. (laughs) Now, what we were saying is. Yes, what I was saying is if y'all niggas let somebody like nikki haley get in that office i'm leaving like because it's one thing to be racist to me not to me i'm not i'll take that part back trump is racist okay Mm -hmm. but he's not dumb enough to say that racism never existed or that america has never been racist he's not silly enough to say that like i just think I just think people are really crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think people think that everybody else is stupid. And it's like, that's what it is. Don't insult my intelligence. Do not. The fact that y'all are trying to somehow uh, use revisionist history for like the Civil War and slavery, it's like, baby, this entire country was built. I was literally about to say, half the bondage. shit that's, that you see, that you experience every day, would not be possible. If it were not for the people who y'all see as beneath you, if it weren't for the people that your ancestors beat and bloodied and just murked, bro, like it would not be here. And so to to try to insult people that are like, bro, you think we just showed up here because we wanted to be here on Ellis Isle, my nigga? (laughs) what do you think the ports at charleston were what savannah new orleans like like virginia are we serious like are we are we really you can't and the people that believe it the cognitive dissonance like the people that believe it they just want to believe it it's not they know that that's not true they just want to believe it because it doesn't hurt them to not that's the thing about it a lot of times it's easier for people to just believe whatever the fuck because it doesn't it don't rob them of their freedoms one way or the other do we have somebody that's like around our age or maybe maybe like 40 ish because obama was 47 when he became president Mm -hmm. because y'all got to stop putting these old men these old white men in office is there nobody else y'all know nobody else joseph robinette biden cannot even stand (laughs) up (laughs) he keep falling the fact that that man's middle name is robinette who did that i don't know but the only reason i know it like it's public knowledge at this point but chelsea lynn is the one who told me and of course she calls him by his full name but y'all every time this man stand up he fall like why do we think that people that are 97 are gonna take us forward baby it's a wrap it's they blink the wrong way they are out of here they wrapping it up it's time to go it's time to go trump is an old felon he not even just old at this point he (laughs) is an an old felon felon. shawshank redemption not this like by the standards and the policies that have been put in place by people like him that man not even supposed to be able to vote 
and y'all letting him run for president. I just, I don't get it. It's harder to get a job at the gas station. And y'all are letting that man run for president again. 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 Find some new stock. Find some new people. But y'all, we know some quality people. Because these old ass people don't have it. Can somebody please run for president? Please. Like, say you want to run for president? Hell no. (laughs) No. Absolutely not, and that's probably the problem. Is that the people that exactly? Have, it's it's like the, it's the same people that like don't want to have babies. <laughs> it's the same argument. It's like the people that know that like yeah, I'm not really interested in being a parent would probably make the best parents. <laughs> it's the folks that are like it's my birthright. Somebody need to take care of me when I'm old. That's the same niggas that's running the country. Oh my gosh! Because the, it's people, the same people really that's say that. Yeah, it's the same thought process. It's people that don't they're extremely selfish they're extremely power driven and they feel that they are supposed to preside and reign over others from a subservient standpoint it's gross yeah it's gross so nah i just i just feel like these old ass people my thing is how can they move not even being funny but how are they supposed to move anybody into the future when their time is us is over I mean, I want somebody that can <laughs> run to run for president. Like, physically run. <laughs> y'all niggas not in shape to be having these conversations. Y'all, like, y'all are not even, y'all don't even have the mental faculties and the health to preside over she a country. Said, <laughs> I want niggas who can actually run to run for president. I don't want you Sunday strolling to presidency. I don't want you crawling to presidency. I don't want you being wheeled Ooh. to the White House. I, if you're going to run for president, run. Be able to run. I'm All I'm going to say. Hit a 5K. And I know this man was not a perfect president. But President Obama still be running up and down the courts playing basketball Hooping. with the young niggas. Hooping. And the thing about it is, give us a first lady. You'll, there will never be a first lady like Michelle Obama. Ever. So much style and, it has and grace. it nothing to do with her being black. It has everything to do with her being in touch. Mm. That's well, the thing about it. I think it has everything to do with her being black. Yeah, it has something to do with her being black. But people like to get on that whole, well, you only feel that way because she black. No, and no, I no, do. no. I She's amazing. Let me be clear. Her blackness is instrumental in what makes her amazing. But the other pieces of it is that she's in touch. She's in touch. She did shit. She got yeah. on campaigns and had her own. She was Michelle Obama. You didn't because that's what black women you do. You didn't even just say the first lady alone. She was the first lady, Michelle Obama. Yeah, we knew exactly who she we was. Knew she exactly. was a, we she knew. was a standalone product. Mm. She was going places and doing things without. Yeah, she Barack. can run. She can run. I remember when people were like trying to, we were trying to entertain the thought of Michelle Obama running, running for, for president. president. Yeah, Michelle said, "Y'all got to be lying because I'm gone. <laughs> I I gave y'all enough of my life. I, I have my to go. Time. I already got to be followed around by Secret Service for the rest of my life. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm Gucci. Thank you though. But appreciate the compliment, Joseph. Yeah." It's time to rest. I need people that... Is he running again? Running where? Okay, you say that, but... But it's like, come, like, come on, I do bro. think he's running again. But why? Like, what? what is your... What is your... What is your, what is your primary care physician saying about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, his his PCP is paid for by the government. So they're probably like... Just keep him on his feet. Easier said than done. <laughs> I'm si- I'm really I really am, and it's like it's not even an ageism thing. It's very much like I might be ageist a little bit, but I mean I think it's fair. Like we we evaluate the driving abilities of people over a certain age because barely <laughs> y'all still letting people get behind the wheel at eighty. 80- no at 99 years that's old that's dangerous very that's dangerous i'm aware that's super dangerous and it's like it has nothing to do with like they're not capable it's just certain things where you don't as any of us get older we don't function the same so we just don't. therefore you're no longer capable yeah there are people that are too young to drive 
Because they're not capable. Because they're not capable. So it, it happens on the other end as well. You can be too old to drive. You're, you're, it's okay, Papa. These are fine motor skills. They have Uber are, and Lyft now. These are reaction times. These are, you know what I'm saying? Actually, you don't even need to go nowhere. You need something? We'll get it for you. We'll bring it to you, though. Please, just... But yeah, Sit down. I think when you are trying to, to govern policy and tell people how the world can improve, you need to make sure that you plan on being a part <laughs> of that world. Seriously, because they also make policies that will hurt future generations and yes, they're not even okay, going to be here to see right. it. I'm sorry. You're stupid. It's just you keep saying it and it's, it just keeps cracking. But me up. it's real like y'all are making decisions for people for things that you're not even going to see. And I don't like that. I don't like that people have the power that to do so stuff. That's true. No, people have the power to do stuff. And it's like, you going to be up the fuck out of here. And two generations behind us are going to be like, who the hell said this? Yeah. Who did that? They're going to be suffering and you're going to be gone. Yeah. So stop doing things. You know, it's like, why you got to be the one to destroy the world before you get the fuck up out of here? Just go. If you want to go. It's because if you want to go. Certain (laughs) people go ahead and walk out the door. One thing that you gotta remember is one monkey don't stop no show. We just gonna keep on rolling. That's fact. That was crazy. <laughs> um, what was I even saying? I don't even know, dog. You- oh, um, this this concept of like you putting something in place when you are tiptoeing out the door. I feel like they do that. Because certain groups of people think that they are immor- immortal. Yeah. That's like facts. that. Like they are going to be around forever. I really think some of or them some think that. part of them is going to be around forever. And it's like, bro, I'm going to need all that ego in you to just kick the bucket. Because that's crazy. Y'all don't want to rest. Like just. Just. You don't want to be on a beach somewhere. Put the policy down. <laughs> put the policy Get down. Get your hand away from the red rest. button. Cause it's lock them nuke codes up. It's not working. It's not working. I'm, the I'm, system, I'm over it. as we know it, is not working. Has never worked and will not work until we change and it. And the thing is, the other thing is like they're creating policy. They don't even abide by them shits. They're making policies for us. The system. They don't even live within the system. That's the other part about it. They they're creating it from a outside vantage point. Which sucks even more. Trash. We in that bitch. They're not in that bitch. That's like somebody controlling the air of a car that they're not even riding in. You're like, it's hot as fuck in here. Oh, well. Like, <laughs> you're not even in here. You're literally not in here. Yeah. It's, it's, imagine that. Imagine you don't somebody. You even go here. You don't even go here. Imagine somebody controlling the air and the stereo in your car and they in another car. Mm. They not even in the, they ain't even oh, on the road. They in a plane somewhere. I would really hate that. That's how, that's what it feels like. They're totally controlling your ecosystem. Mm-hmm. The way that, the comfort of your You're ride little in life. players to them. Yeah, the comfort of the ride in your characters. life. And they're not even in the game. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah, um, Nikki Haley, you can't be serious. Um, yeah, but go read a book. I think you are. I do need you to sit down with yourself and read a book. And don't open your mouth again until you can only speak facts. And stop dismissing the experience of entire Please. groups of people. While also acknowledging your own experience. I mean, I experienced racism, but, but we're, we're way better than we used to be. What? But we've never been racist. Okay, girl. So how, what? Okay, The girl. words that, that are said don't make sense. Okay, girl. So, so how did we get here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well... Ooh, not us talking politics, honey. Jesus, I'm sweating. No, I'm not really. I had to get that off my chest. Y'all are imbeciles, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, stop making everybody else think that they stupid, because we're not. We're not. We see you. All right, so it's time for the vent. Let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. Pop the top on it. It's time for the vent. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'm going to go first because... You you got some heat today. You probably do too. Mm, hey, we we both we both letting the steam out the bag. All right, so my vent for today is um, this idea that a safe space is not exclusive to one space. Hmm. Okay, so what does that mean? Um, I actually had a 
really close person to me um, explained to me that maybe what a safe space was to you as a kid, whether it's the house that you grew up in with your parents, whether it's your grandma house, whether it's the auntie house, whomever, it's not exclusive to just that, excuse me, that one space in your life. So to give an even deeper backstory, look, trying to gauge how personal I want to get, but it's hard to not get personal because of where this is coming from. Yeah. Um, I've experienced a lot of like loss in my family over the past several years. Um, two main people, my grandmother and my um, great aunt that was like my great grandmother. Um, both are, were in Tennessee and both of their houses were, that was home. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Memphis and I spent my summers between Central Gardens and South Parkway in Memphis, Tennessee. And my grandmother passed, shit, it'll be six years this year. She passed in 2018, and my Aunt Jenny passed in 2021. And when you grow up, and those are like the staple environments that just feel like home. Like, I was one of them kids where I had a cabinet of all my shit in the summertime like I come down there it'd be ramen noodles chef <laughs> Doritos pop tarts whatever I liked you know I had a cabinet in both of their houses that was just for me so you know my granny be like people like what you got all this stuff down here oh that's for Sydney K that's she coming you know she coming for the summer she'll be here in a week so I got to make sure I got all her stuff Aww, you know I love that yeah and so in Jenny house it was the same thing and then her refrigerator was uh, a that would be my midnight snack drawer so I had like Twix and Reese's, the little six pack, you know, the mm-hmm. little small ones. I would have those, and so I get up out the bed in the middle of the night, go running and be like, "Hey, Jenny, let's go get our midnight snack." Oh, and I go really in there in the that. kitchen and go get that. So yeah, that was like that was that's how I grew up. That was my thing. That's where I spent all my summers. And I think that when people like that pass, those spaces even though those homes are still there, those spaces don't exist no more. Mm -hmm. And for me, trying to get over and still live my life needing those spaces and not having them has been extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And even the dynamic, you know, with my parents, most of us have gone through challenging dynamics with our parents in our adult years because Boy. parents don't know how to Stories deal I could tell. with their children once their children are adults yeah they don't know how to deal with the adult version of you mm-hmm. there's still this there's power struggles there's just not really acknowledging your story and what you've been through because they don't really know how to separate themselves from who you have decided to be and who you naturally are and what parts of your life that they had influence over. Yeah. They know how to recognize how they influenced your life in a great way, but they are not quick to accept, acknowledge, even hear about the impact that was made in a negative way. Mm-hmm. They ain't trying to hear that they're not the safe space. Um, and my thing is they may not be. For me, that's not my experience anymore. Yeah. And... That has been a very hard thing to come to terms with is that, you know, I love my parents, but being in their environment in the times I've had to re-enter their environment in my adulthood, you know, I'm a homeowner, I've done a lot of different things, but I've also made transitions where I've had to be back in their space temporarily. And in those times when I've had to be back in their space temporarily, it just don't work. Yeah. Um, I could think of reasons why, but at the end of the day, it's going to be from my vantage point. Like, I can't speak for them. Um, I can just say that how how my grandmother saw me and how she regarded me and the space that she made for me in her mind, in her home, in her heart, that I've never, I've never experienced that again. I won't say never. 
I'm starting to see it in other ways through my friends mm-hmm. and through other connections. Um, and obviously nothing can replace the relationship that I have with my grandmother. She's my best friend, but it's not supposed to. I'm I'm lucky to have things that remind me of that. Yeah. But also that feeling of like, I thought that the people that raised me would be what would have reminded me of that. And it's not. But the reality is, even when she was living, it was different. I just didn't recognize it or feel it as much. And so, in this time of transition for me, and I've spent more time around one of my best friend's moms, um, I I was staying at her house. And I went into the back bedroom and I looked and I was I was staring at the bed and I was like, this looks just like my grandmother's bed. Same four post oh brown wood, you know, high, but like it's just it's the bed. It's so distinct. Um, and I was like, this looks just like her bed. There may be some subtle differences, very subtle, mm-hmm. but essentially the same, the same bed. And I was like, holy shit. And she ended up cooking something that my mom would make all the time. And I was like, how ironic. And she told me, she was like, you know, Sid, safe space is not exclusive to one space. And I was just like, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. for me, you know, the loss, the changes in relationship, I felt I felt lost for the past five years i haven't really known what to do with myself i haven't really known where i fit where i belong um because when i would go to memphis i knew exactly who i belonged to Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i knew i mattered more than anything in those spaces to those people when it was time for me to go to angel's house it wasn't nobody else there it's just me it's just me and her when it was time and i have siblings Mm -hmm. but I'm so much older than them. So there was so much time that I had with these women that it was just me. Mm-hmm. So um, my life isn't like that anymore. And I think it's been a hard adjustment for me to figure out how to feel special in this world without the people that made me feel the most special. And that's... That's challenging. Yeah. Because you don't stop wanting to feel that way just because they leave. You you want it even more because you don't even realize what you had and how it was until they aren't there. Until I can't, you know, everything that kind of happened that was like grown woman shit happened after my grandmother passed. I bought my house after my grandmother passed. I bought a truck just like her after my grandmother passed. Like I, I did all these things that she would have been a part of after she died. Mm-hmm. And it was the most like, I was excited and I was happy about it, but it was also very empty. Cause it's like, I got all this money. I got all this stuff, but damn, I just want my granny back for real. So you like, it don't even hit how I thought it was going to hit because she would have been, coming up here buying towels and you know like we just it just I I often wonder how different yeah I would be if she was here because I know how different I am that she's not and I think now more than anything I crave safety because mm-hmm. the world just don't feel as good as it did before she passed yeah so now it's like knowing that I have built relationships and I'm allowing myself to enjoy those relationships because for a while in like seasons of depression, I get ghosts. I pull away because it's heavy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go through a lot of loss and I lost other family members within that time frame aside from just my grandmother and my aunt, uncles, um, all types of people, right? But I think sometimes... I was, I mean, I was 24 when she passed. I just turned 24 when she passed. And 
I felt all my other friends were gallivanting and having fun and doing it. And I just felt so heavy. You know what I'm saying? I was living with her when she passed. I was there when it happened. So I just felt all of this weight of trauma that my peers, maybe they had, they had experienced it years before when they were younger, or maybe they didn't have that same type of relationship, or maybe it has not even happened yet. And I was just in this space of like, wow, I am depressed. Mm -hmm. I am miserable. And I don't want to put that on anybody. And I don't want to be seen like that because that's not who I am in my core. But that was who that was who I was experiencing. And so now safety being wherever I am the most comfortable and wherever I am allowed to be myself is a requirement. I can't get it where it naturally came from anymore. Yeah. But I got to have it. And you deserve it. Yeah. And in order for me to continue living and moving forward in life and loving life and feeling like there's more life left to live and worth living, I got to be safe. For sure. I have to be able to exist. I have to be in spaces where people are like, I was waiting on you. I'm happy to see you. I'm glad you're here. Let's do da-da-da-da-da. Let's do da 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 I can't be in spaces where I feel like I'm pleading for someone to want me around. Mm. I ain't have to do that with them. They stop, drop, whatever. Oh, I'm coming to get her, and we gonna we would drive back to Memphis. We ain't fly. She would she would drive all the way to North Carolina, pick me up. And we ride all the way through the mountains, stop in Chattanooga, stop here, stop there, stop in Nashville, and then we get home. And that's where I be. We may go down to Louisiana and see my uncles and, you know, eat some crawfish and all that type of stuff. Like, that's what I was used to. So it's like, how do you tell somebody, hey, uh, that's going to stop and I'm going to need you to be okay with that. They're not going to be okay. They're not going to be okay. So now I have to make it a point where if it ain't safe, you ain't going to catch me there. Because that's all I have to protect all of the soft insides mm-hmm. that are still not okay from them not being here. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I got through that without crying. I really don't. But whew, I did. So, yeah. Well, I'm proud of you. Not because you got through without crying. Because I like tears. But <laughs> I like tears. But because you shared that part of yourself, I think this space is one that we have set out with the intention of being vulnerable and being open with one another, with the people that are listening. Um, And I think I think we've both been vulnerable in the past four episodes, but I think that's the most vulnerable that you have been. For sure. And so I think vulnerability is a beautiful thing. Um, So I'm proud of you for allowing yourself to articulate that. I hope it felt good. It did. It did feel good. I think a lot of people are going to be able to connect to and relate to that. So um, if nothing else, I'm proud of you for saying something that's going to impact people. Um, So... I am going to vent. Is it a vent? It is. I mean, this is the segment that we're in, but it's a testimony for real. So it's about a silverfish. If you've never seen a silverfish, I love that for you. (laughs) I hate them. They're horrible. I really hate them. Um, They're these just little shits it's a bug yeah sorry let's start there it's It's a a bug bug. (laughs) they move so fast like anyway so um first week in january i was brushing my teeth and i'm in my bathroom obviously and i look up and i see one and i'm like oh god (laughs) like i'm just so annoyed but I'm like, let me just finish brushing my teeth because y'all know I got this Invisalign and it'd be a process. So I was like, let me finish brushing my teeth. 
then I will go and get a shoe and I'll do what I need to do with this silver fish. I'll climb on the counter. Everybody hush. Yeah, I'll <laughs> climb on the counter <laughs> and I'll get it. So I finished brushing my teeth, do what I need to do. I've like the whole time that I'm brushing my teeth, I'm keeping my eye on it, right? Because the last thing that I want to do is lose this book. <laughs> so I'm keeping my eye on it, but I'm still like, okay, I have a task that I need to finish. And so I'm going to finish that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I finished brushing my teeth, go into my closet and get a shoe. I come back into the bathroom and I am like walking closer to where the silverfish is and sizing it up like okay if I, ca- if I climb on the counter right here I'll be able to reach it but I gotta make sure I hit it in the right like these are the thoughts that are going through my mind as I'm about to climb on the counter the silverfish falls like right by my feet and so I literally just had to step up and smash it <laughs> with the shoe and in that moment and I, this is going to sound pretty wild to other people. I, the people listening, it probably won't. Um, but in that moment, I heard Holy Spirit say, like, this is how this year is going to go for you. I am literally just going to drop opportunities and drop blessings and abundance right in front of you. And all you'll have to do is receive it. Mm. All you have to do is step up and receive it. And when I told Sid this, she she reiterated the fact that like I stayed focused on the task that was in front of me. I kept my eye on the silverfish to make sure like, you know, it didn't go (laughs) anywhere that would be hiding or whatever. But I completed the task that I had set out to do. And then when the time was right, the silverfish fell. And the Holy Spirit was literally like, this is how opportunities are going to land in your lap for the rest of the year. And ever since that darn silverfish fell, opportunities have literally been falling in my lap. And it's so exciting and so like overwhelming and so wonderful. And just so many things because, I mean, I've talked about this in previous episodes, like last year was hard and it just feels like harvest season. Mm -hmm. It feels like come on and reap what you have sown. Mm -hmm. Come on and reap a harvest for every tear that you sowed. Come on and reap a harvest for all the work that you put in. Come on and reap a harvest for the time that you spent with me. Like, come and reap the harvest. Let everything, let these opportunities fall right in front of you and be ready to receive it. Be prepared to receive it. I had my shoe, honey. I had a little paper towel just in case, okay? Come prepared. I was ready in that moment. I wasn't ready for the silverfish to fall while I was brushing my teeth because I would have freaked out. I don't know. Child might have dropped my toothbrush on the floor. Then I'd have been mad. <laughs> but that silverfish fell at the perfect time and I was ready to do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that was just, I was like, okay, God, come on. I better have a real life parable. Listen, because when she told me that, y'all, I was like, oh, because wait, though. Yeah, you added to it, and I was like, yeah. Stop, I'm finna throw up. And now, yeah, anytime something exciting happens, we'll say to or text each other, I'm finna throw up. I'm finna throw up. And that means something exciting is about to happen. But now, like, when another opportunity comes, I literally type to sit in all caps, the silverfish. It's a silverfish. <laughs> but nah, I was, I was piggybacking off of her when she told me that I was like yo but peep how like you didn't stop brushing your teeth so we'll say that too like if because we talk I mean we're talking ideas all the time or we're in we're living life so shit is happening where we're having conversations and if there's a moment where it's like one of us wants to do something it's like I brush your teeth first no seriously that falls in line with that it's like don't stop doing what you're doing in anticipation for what is to come when it's time for you to attack the silverfish, 
whatever that is or to receive or the receive silverfish. the silverfish where you're in position to do something about the silverfish because that's the other thing too brushing her teeth she wasn't in position to do nothing about the silverfish but be alert <laughs> yeah i was about to say but like us staying focused on the task that's in front of us doesn't mean that we get to completely ignore mm-hmm. what's coming next mm-hmm. like there has to be some level of again preparation preparation has been my word of the year for the past like two and a half years like god just will not he will not get off of me with that and i see why i cannot receive the things that i'm asking for i cannot steward well the things that he's blessing me with if i did not or do not prepare for them first correct so you have to brush your teeth first you have to finish that task before you move on to the next one before you can attack the silverfish you absolutely have to finish brushing your teeth because think think about it this way you stop brushing your teeth looking at the silverfish you scrambling panicking trying to kill it you don't know what how calamitous that shit would have been if you would have stopped what you were doing to try to go hunt down a shoe mouthful mm-hmm. of toothpaste like it just Child. you're not in the position to do anything about it you could but what else how else could that have failed yeah silverfish could have dropped in the sink like it just so many other things could have happened that would have made no sense it would have made it a lot harder so sometimes it isn't so much that you can't do it but you need to ask yourself do i really want to delay what that opportunity is going to bring do i really want to make the opportunity harder yeah if i just finish what i'm doing then my hands are free yes then i'm clear so So now i can focus finish what you're doing finish what you started and be prepared for what's next be prepared for the next opportunity to fall in your lap yeah don't like it's gonna happen suddenly it's gonna happen suddenly but suddenly doesn't mean that we can't be prepared for it Mm. suddenly just means we don't know when it's gonna happen but in the interim while you wait while you're in the hallway let's let's be prepared let's let's focus on the task at hand but keep your eye on what's about to come absolutely dang can we pass a collection plate on apple Podcasts or spotify Podcasts? because that was good i don't know we could we that was free that, out. that was free yeah that, they're gonna get that they're gonna get some gems for the free no but i really hope that y'all were able to take something from this episode um i had to say that before sid say what are we gonna leave them with <laughs> Girl, I like saying I don't what we gonna know. leave them with. But I don't ever know. It's There's fun. never an answer. It's fun to ask that and not me say, girl, I don't know. Thank you for coming. Nah, I mean, no. Yeah, no, I don't know. Shit. Well, we are <laughs> we are a little, I mean, over halfway through the first season of Style and a Story. Can you believe that? We have three more episodes. Can you believe that? I can't. Y'all, we... We only have three more episodes, guys. We the way that we have been building this, but it goes back to everything we've been talking about: intention and preparation. Mm-hmm. Focus on where you are right now, and keep your eye on what's next. Like we both knew that something like this was going to happen. We didn't know when. We didn't know whether we were going to do it by ourselves or other people. Like I've had other people say that I should do podcasts with them before. And I agreed. I was like, oh, my God, that would be dope. Nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. But I say focused on what was in front of me. I didn't necessarily have a podcast in mind, but I was prepared for whatever was on the way. So here we are halfway through our first season of our podcast that was perfectly timed, that happened suddenly, that is growing, that is fruitful um, and that is going to impact people in an amazing way, starting with us. Absolutely, because I'm definitely getting my, my therapy 
into this. Okay, so I'm definitely about to start sending folks bills. Yeah, invoices. Um, not <laughs> like seriously. I was I was talking with my friend's mom about that today. That like this has really helped me through my season. This is what been is a, this the podcast. <gasps> It has. I mean, it's it's been the thing that's been grounding me. Like, you know the shit I've been going through. Have mercy. <laughs> it has been it has been a beast this season. But from it, it's like it's like a super rough pregnancy, but it's given birth to something that I've wanted to do myself for years. Mm-hmm. Also had the equipment sitting, getting dusty. Didn't know who I was going to do it with. Didn't know. You know, same thing that she didn't know. We were, we were sitting on two different sides of the same coin. And sometimes, like, that's that's the magic that has to happen is that you get into a space where you have to rely on the gifts mm-hmm. that God has given you because the distractions have been moved out of the way. Yep. And so now we sitting up three episodes left. Three episodes. And I've been able to, I feel like hella liberated every time we, I do too. we get on the microphone. It's, I do too. It's fun, y'all. Like, we enjoy it, but it's like, it's so, if you know how we exist in spaces or if you know us personally and how we have had to move in certain spaces, it's like being able to do this Yeah, feels like, yes, fucking finally. It feels really good. Good Lord. It feels really good. It's great. So... We're happy to be here with y'all. We're glad that y'all are here. Make sure that you leave us a review wherever you're listening. So whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, rate us, leave us a review so that others know what to expect when they come and listen so that others know how styling a story has impacted you and keep coming back. We will see y'all in two weeks. Peace. Bye, y'all.